Hey, Bestie. What's up, girl? We help people grow in their Christian lives, and through their growth, then they can better fulfill God's calling on their life. Right. When you come here, you're going to get it through a biblical lens. And not just ours. I like that we incorporate interviews by people living out the principles. Yeah, that's for sure. Here we go. Episode 187 of the Witty and Gritty podcast. We are wrapping up our mini-series on I Am Rahab, and we're also wrapping up the year 2022. We made it, you guys. And Mm -hmm. we're going to go out with a bang. We have a very special uh, person to be interviewed today. Yes. It is none other than Autumn Miles. Yay! Welcome back on the show, Autumn. We love having you here. So happy to be back. Thank you for having me. You guys are amazing. I... I'm honored to be here, and um, I kind of wish I had a co-host, too, because you guys just feed off of each other, and I love that. That's awesome. (laughs) Okay, so we have come up with a few questions just to take from the big themes of I Am Rahab, and we're going to ask you about it as the author perspective and someone who's done her research. You know what you're talking about. You're solid in your Bible wisdom, so we're going to hit you with it. Yes. Please teach us. Bring it on, girls. Bring it on. (laughs) Okay. So in your book, I Am Rahab, you highlight that Rahab did not allow her past and current circumstances to hold her back from making that tough decision, or maybe it wasn't tough, uh, to place her faith in God. Um, She wasn't in an environment conducive to that, but she still chose to take action. What advice do you have for believers, because it might look different if you're not a believer, but for believers that want to let go and move on from past sins, but they're just having trouble moving forward? Mm. What a great question. Um, one of the things that I, 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 I obviously identify with Rahab, I mean, I named it I Am Rahab, um, because, because of that very reason, you know, we, we blow up in our minds, our past mistakes or our, our, um, you know, maybe we've been divorced, like, like I've been divorced or, you know, there's abuse in our past or we, you know, did something that we regret. Um, the enemy wants us to blow that thing up so big that we, it becomes an idol because what we, what we uh, start to believe if we allow Satan to blow that thing up is that that thing is more um, weighty than the blood of Christ. And I, I will, I will never forget, you know, just in my own, my own life when I went to college after my divorce, cause I went to college late um. I remember telling someone that was in uh, my psychology class, uh, I just am having a problem receiving the forgiveness of the Lord. I I just, I don't know how God could forgive what I deliberately did. I deliberately married my ex-husband. It was a choice that I made. So I do take responsibility for some of those things. If I was, was listening to the Lord, I never would have done that. And I remember her looking at me and she was like, it was like one line, but I have never forgotten it 20 years later. She said, don't be so prideful to think that Jesus's blood doesn't cover your sin too. 
And I was like, oh, snap. I mean, we just had church in my psychology class. With, when, while the teacher was teaching, I was one of those students. You probably read it in the book. I, I had 52 detentions my sophomore year. And I know Miss Daru, uh, Daru, you were one of my kids' teachers. So, like, when they come home and they have behavior problems, I'm like, I totally understand. It's inherited. Um, but you know what? I, I, I do think that's what the enemy wants. He wants us incarcerated to our past when it's already forgiven. And we, I, I would offer the same thing that that woman said to me that day. Don't be so prideful to think that your sin, your sin was too big for Jesus's blood not to cover. And, and I mean, ultimately is a pride thing when we think, but me, but mine, you know, so it's, it's, it's Rahab was able, Rahab comes from a little bit of different perspective. I mean, she was, um, she was raised in a pagan culture. She was named after Ra, the sun God. Um, she knew nothing of the evangelical church that we get to participate in today. Like that wasn't a thing. Okay. There was no community church down the road. There was no first Baptist, nothing. Baptist wasn't a thing, didn't exist. So all of her intelligence about the um, Yahweh was from what she heard. And when she heard it, she had to, she had to receive um, the truth that she heard. And so I would say in all of our lives, when we hear the truth, the truth sets us free. We have to be humble enough to trust um, that, that when, when the, when the Lord says, I have forgiven your sin on the cross, I, I have made your sins as white as snow. Those verses are for us. Our sin is not that bad, that his blood was not more powerful to cover. I hope that answers your question. Yes, it does. I love the mindset shift of it's an idol. If it's taken up more mental real estate than you praising God, then that has now. You worship it. Mm-hmm. I love you that. Down, you worship it. It is the God you serve. If you believe that God is not big enough to cover it, you bow down to a little demigod that you really don't want to bow down to, but you're just, you, you need to humble yourself and receive the relief of, of, of the grace of God and the forgiveness of God. And you have a good uh, podcast series on hearing from God. And we've been encouraging our listeners lately on it. God's not communicating to you to not let that sin go. So kind of checking that source that if you're a believer and having trouble moving on from sin, is that from God? Is that what he, you know, wants for you? And then if that doesn't line up with his character, then you can combat it with truth, that those Mm -hmm. lies with truth. So, yeah. We also really love the analogy of God's calling on our lives in the changing seasons. That was one of our favorite episodes, planting seeds, harvesting, all that stuff. So what would you say to someone who says they'll pursue their dreams when they feel completely prepared and when we (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, you weren't done. Go ahead. Nope, that's it. That's the next question now. You answered it properly. But it's a fun thought to me because who is prepared? I mean, it's like, I think we see a beautiful picture of, um, of, of Peter 
he's caught, he's, you know, Jesus taken into custody right after Gethsemane. And he's standing by the fire with this child, probably like my two seven-year-olds. And she's like, were you with, with Jesus? And what, he was caught off guard and he was sort of unprepared to answer that question. He's like, no, no, I wasn't with Jesus. He was with Jesus. Like, like just step into it is what I would say. He was caught off guard. He was unprepared, but everybody still knew that he was with Jesus. And as a matter of fact, um, he had one of the greatest callings, I think, in all of scripture after Jesus. So um, when people, I love, I love, love, love. I studied, I studied Rahab and Jericho. I studied the excavations of Jericho. I studied just the actual um, uh, where Rahab lived. Um, her, her tower is actually still standing. It's, you know, the centuries old, but it's still standing. And um, one of the amazing things about Rahab is that um, when you're talking about I am one season, there is a peace for our purpose in every single season. Um, when, 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 when you see in Joshua that she was drying the flax on her roof, a lot of people would just skim over that and not even think about it. The fact that she was one of the houses to drive the flax meant that she was on and I think it was uh, it's been a long time since I wrote this the northeast corner of the wall those were the only houses that dried the flax so um she was chosen it also meant she was on the outer uh, portion of the wall and she was on the top of the wall okay so it meant that she was chosen during the harvest season to actually um, use that flax that was being harvested to harvest her own life. It's amazing. Um, but I would think that when the spies came to her, she thought she was ill-prepared. I'm not prepared. Well, you show up there, you know, no one was sending no, sending no telegrams back then. They showed up and she had an opportunity um, when it knocked to bring them up to, to her roof. And I think um, one of the things that we have to understand is that God is more intentional about our lives than we are. God is more intentional about where he's placed you, who, who, who the friends that he's surrounded you with, where you live, what season it is, what he's taking you through than we are. We think that we're all big, bad in control of our lives, but do you understand that before we were even born, God constructed a plan for our lives? He is more intentional than we are, and we take way too much credit for a God who is uh, has literally organized seasons in our life. We might feel ill-prepared, um, and that's actually a good thing because that keeps us humble, but when we, when we feel ill-prepared, we, we must at that moment, press into that weakness and let God be the strength for us. And that's exactly what Rahab did. She felt ill-prepared, but she knew this was her time. And I think sometimes um, uh, when things, opportunities catch us off guard or whatever, um, a lot of people miss it because they push into those emotions those feelings, I'm not ready. As my, it cracks me up when people are like, we're going to have a baby when we're financially stable. It makes me want to laugh. Like, are you kidding me? Do you think, do you think babies are cheap? Like, you're never going to be 
prepared financially to have a baby. And now I have four and I don't know. I don't even know how we do it now. Jesus. But, um, but, you, but, but it's, it's this, um, it's this thought trap that Satan gets us in. In just a little while, you'll be ready. In just in, in a year, you'll be ready. In a year, you'll know more. You'll have more connections. You'll have more money. You'll be whatever, more educated, whatever. But when opportunity knocks at your door, it is too late to prepare. You have to step in by faith and say, I'm going to step into this, Lord. I feel weak. I feel inadequate. I feel ill-prepared. But you know what? You're not. So let's step in this thing together. And that's exactly what Rahab did. And that's why she's in Hebrews 11, girls, in the hallway. Yes, she made it. <laughs> and I'm, she I'm sitting here thinking of everything you're saying. And it's like, if we had it all figured out, we wouldn't need God in the process, right? There right. would be a place for faith. If we had it all, knew it all, right? And mm -hmm. I liked your word, humble. It keeps us humble. Mm -hmm. like that. In the book, you define risk as a chance of loss and then sacrifices, you're losing something, period. So that tension there. As believers, we know that we must die to self on the daily and that we're called to serve others on the daily. How do you navigate burnout and spreading yourself too thin, which would be like we're making sacrifices left and right, and your well-being, well so like physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So how do you navigate that? I would say before, um, b before two or three years ago, I would say in 2019, I had to come to Jesus with this. And this is post Rahab. Um, I remember writing Gangster Prayer, which I, I know you guys interviewed me on um, last year. And um, I was writing Gangster Prayer. I had another book in mind. No one knew COVID was coming. <laughs> it was like looming and no one even knew it. Um, and I remember... Uh, I had either just released it or it was getting ready or I was on book tour or something. I don't know, but I was in Nashville and I walked into my agent's office and I sat down and he said, this is for my new book that, um, that I was thinking of, of writing. Um, he said, we have a couple challenges with this manuscript. That's all he said. That's it. And I started bowling in his office in Nashville. And I'm like, I'm like losing my, like, I'm like, I'm like ugly crying, you guys. And God bless him. I've known him for a long time, but I couldn't get it together. Um, my, um, he's my literary agent, but my speaking agent came in and stuff by me and was like patting me. <laughs> and I, I remember thinking, this, this isn't right. I shouldn't be this tired. I felt um, not just physically tired from traveling. I'm also a mother. Um, I, I love my community that I live in. We try to attend everything um, that our kids do. So I'm traveling. I'm working hard. I'm writing books. But I was unhealthy when it comes to rest. I was in a period of burnout. And I remember leaving the office kind of humiliated, even though I knew my agent and I remember the Lord said um, so clearly to me, are you going to trust me enough to let things go? Mm. And I'm like, no. <laughs> not today. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> but um, 2020 came, obviously, COVID. But I, I, didn't, I didn't really struggle with COVID. I know a lot of people did. Um, but there was a lot of other things that God said, we're going to take we're going to steward this time well, 
in March of 2020, I had a full calendar year. Everyone canceled in one week. Wow. And I'm going, what just happened to the last 12 years of my life? God said, I'm going to do something more for you than, than this calendar. I am going to restore you. And he took me through a process of um, challenging um, my thought processes. A lot of, a lot of, for years, I thought appearing strong was being strong. And, um, and I learned during that year, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, being weak is actually being strong. That, that verse in, uh, that Paul talks about, um, when I'm weak, then I'm strong, um, became alive in me. I became as weak as a little kitten and let the Lord really rebuild me to a place from the inside out that, um, that I desperately needed. So now going back to your question, um, it is the balance for me. I think at the my priorities have shifted, um, rather than traveling every single week, I get to do a weekly podcast. We have lots of thousands of, of listeners that download. I'm at home. I'm, I always hated leaving my kids. I get to see them every single day. And if I'm not here, it's within 24 hours. Um, you know, so I have decided I must rest. Rest in the scripture is not a luxury. It is a command. God rested. If God had rest, we do too. So um, he has totally reconstructed uh, my thought process that I was really chained to. Um, I was, it was one of my prisons. I did a series on prisons on the podcast. It was one of my prisons was I thought that doing something meant pleasing God when actually being with God is what pleased him. Um, and it was a lie that I had believed. So I don't know if that answers your, your question or not, but um, it's, it's definitely been one of the hardest things that I've had to learn. I don't, I don't like to stop. That is hard. I think um, if people follow your content, which we're going to link the podcast and all your resources into the show notes. So if you're driving, you can access those safely later. Um, but you do a really good job of being active in listening for God. Uh, you share about your mor morning Bible routine and how it's sacred. And you've ha collected years of experiences of hearing, but then also acting on what he's prompted you to do. And so that's kind of what I pulled from the story you just shared. And this wasn't one of the questions, but I, some of our audience members might find themselves on the opposite end of the spectrum where, and this goes with your latest podcast episode, they're choosing comfort mm. over what God's maybe calling them to do or his provision. And so if that resonates with you, again, we'll link it, link it in the show mm -hmm. notes. Um, but it's part of this wilderness series that Autumn mm -hmm. has done the last few weeks. But uh, don't leave yet. We'll link it for you. You guys got to go check that Stay out. Stay on the show notes. Yeah. So what are you going to say? Nope. So some of our listeners struggle to identify their gifts and their passions that God mm -hmm. can use to further his kingdom. So can you share how you went from pursuing a career as a travel agent to what you're doing <laughs> right now? How did that shift? Like, were you just like, oh, okay, light bulb, <laughs> change directions, or can you walk us through that process? Yes, I have my degree in travel, which is completely obsolete now, and nobody cares about or uses. Um, yeah, I think, I think I was, I, I, you know, you kind of, I decided to do what other people told me they thought I would be good at, 
And I think that was during a season of my life where people were saying, you would be good at this. I, I can't even tell you how many people think have told me over the years that I'd be a good weather girl like, <laughs> I, um, or a real estate agent. I've just been told that so many times. Um, and that was listening to them and not listening to God himself speaking inside of me. Uh, being in the travel industry was easy because it was fun and I excelled at it. Um, but I remember I was the youngest travel agent, which I don't even think they have anymore, um, hired at this firm. It was a very big deal. It was very prestigious. And I went and sat at a desk. And within 10 minutes, I knew this is not for me. I don't even like a desk. Like my husband wants to buy me a desk. And I'm like, I am not sitting at a desk. I'm not a desk person. Some people are. He is. His desk is atrocious and very dirty and he needs to clean it. Um, but I can't sit at a desk. I'd rather sit outside. I'd rather sit in my bed. I'd rather sit in my studio or something like that. And I, and I sat down at that desk, um, that day and I thought, what did I do? I just waste my life. And I think, um, when it comes to things, uh, your calling and what you're good at, God wants to use what you're naturally good at. I knew at a young age I was good at communication. I knew I was good at leadership. I was the vice president of the of the school. My school was huge. We had like 800 in my class alone. And the whole school, uh, I was on like, I, I just did a lot of leadership stuff young. Um, I wrote my first op-ed when I was a sophomore in high school about creation versus evolution. And I mean, and it was good. <laughs> so like I knew that communication, I was good at that. I knew leadership, I was good at that. But for some reason, I didn't think it was something I that, that I could make a career out of. And once I got saved, God um, totally radically changed that. I think if people are looking for purpose, they need to look, what are you naturally good at? What are you naturally gifted in? I look at my daughter, who's 17 years old, and she's like a Pied Piper. She walks into a room and everyone wants to talk her. And it's like, hi guys, I'm standing right here and no one cares about me or anybody else. They care about her. She's a natural Pied Piper, which tells me she is a natural born leader. And that's exactly how God's going to use her. I've got a gal on my team. She is one of the most creative people I've ever met in my life. Like her creativity drives me nuts because I'm so bad at creativity. She'll create things. And I'm like, wow, how'd you even think of that? Um, God has created us not to be frustrated in our occupation, but to be fulfilled in his calling for us. And I think a lot of people are getting it wrong. They're following what an occupation, what someone else said would be a good opportunity when really they need to um, take a risk by faith and step into their natural giftings and callings. And once I did that, um, everything changed. Everything changed in my life. I was fulfilled. I wasn't upset all the time. I wasn't frustrated. Um, and, and still to this day, my work is like fun for me because I'm right in line with um, the gifts that God's given me. That's great. I love that. Great answer. All right. So towards the end of I Him Rahab, you talk about doing what you say you're going to do and walking into the promised land. We've talked about the tendency to keep promises to other people, but struggling to keep promises to ourselves. This could be promising to get in better shape or improve our health or, you know, wake up earlier to read our Bible or be a more present mother. The list goes on. Why do you think people struggle with keeping promises to themselves 
and what can we do to improve in this area? Because we're a people-pleasing generation, um, we would rather get the approval of people rather than um, be mentally healthy ourselves or physically healthy ourselves. Um, we get more out of someone's at a girl than we do out of our own. And um, I think, you know, when you're talking about keeping your word and keeping your promise to yourself or whatever, um, you know, Satan wants you to be the worst version of yourself that he, you will allow him to make you. Um, and I think, you know, as far as the text goes, when I was talking about that, um, when I was talking about keeping your word and, and stuff like that, um, one of the most amazing things that the spies did is they did probably a couple of weeks later exactly what they told Rahab they were going to do. She didn't even, we don't even see from the text that she even questioned their word. That's how trustworthy their word was. Even in the delay, even when they started, Israel started marching to Jericho, marched around at one time and turned around and left. Um, I, I wonder what she would have thought. She, she, the text doesn't tell us that she was concerned about them keeping their word because she just knew that they would. I think we've gotten away from this um, whole whole idea of being uh, people of integrity. You know, if you say you're going to lose 20 pounds and you don't, well, that's bad integrity. That's not integrous. Um, you know, if you say you're going to commit to a ministry and you stop showing up because it's not cool or it's not, you know, you don't you don't have time for it anymore or whatever, that's that's not integrity. Um, we've we've stepped away as a society and we have. Um, integrity is not a priority like it used to be, and it should be. So when you're talking about um, keeping your your promise to yourself, I know there's definitely things that I have promised myself. I promised myself I would um, never be a travel agent ever again. Even if I didn't have any money, I would go do anything else other than that. Um, you know, following through on those things to yourself is one way that God can catapult you into what he has for your life. Um, so I don't know if that helps or not or answers the question, but that's what I would say to that. No, it's great. God's going to do what he says he's going to do. And God is who he says he is. So if we're feeling that prompting, like, oh, I need to do this or that. And I'm making that promise to myself. I didn't just make that good thing up out of nowhere. I'm getting that idea from God. And so I need to stick to it and maybe even bring others in to help me stay accountable too. And I think I will say this a couple about 18 months ago, I hate working out. I don't even, I hate it. It's like the worst thing of all. Like, I don't know. Like you see all these people on Instagram and I was just interviewed not long ago about one of these workout people. Maybe you guys are workout people. You probably are, you know? So, so you, you are, you love it. Okay. Great. I do. Um, but like, but it was a year and a half ago and I just really felt like before my children, I needed my, have got heart disease in my family. I needed to, um, take care of myself physically. And 18 months later, I work out five days a week. I don't even, I don't like to call it working out because that's for fancy people that know what they're doing. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I just get on the elliptical and hit the little workout button. Um, but as a result, it has paid off for me. I just went to the doctor. My blood pressure is like, crazy low. I'm like, is that even healthy? She's like, no, that's, that's like excellent. Like athletic. I'm like, well, I do work out, you know, like laughing at the, I mean, it was a dentist. 
It wasn't even like like a checkup. Like she's cleaning my teeth, and I guess they take your blood pressure. The dentist said I'm fit, so yeah. The dentist that I'm the hygienist knows what's up. But 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 I do think you know that was something I want to be around for my kids forever, and as long as possible. And that making a commitment to myself, um, it, it's it's paid off. Like I like I'm seeing it now in in different ways. So it does pay off when you choose to better yourself and make a commitment and say, Lord, I hate working out, but um, give me the grace to do it. I like the word you use to integrity because integrity and having demonstrating that quality means you're showing that to everyone, including yourself. It's not making and choosing. I wouldn't describe someone as having integrity if they only treated people they liked well or only did right when someone was watching. Um, so again, if you want to have that quality of integrity, that also means demonstrating that quality to yourself. You also don't want to be called like, um, oh, she says she's going to do stuff all the time, but she never does. Yeah. Woman of your reputation. (laughs) Nobody. So, um, you, you need to do what you say you're going to do just like the spies did. Okay. So we are wrapping up asking questions about I am Rahab, but we have one of our favorite questions. Yes. So I always end the interview by asking if anything's like coming to mind or on your heart that you want to share with our audience that maybe we didn't tee up for you. It could be something that you really enjoy about the Rahab story, something that we've talked about that you want to add on to today. About your really cool workout to do. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) It could be anything. Not cool. I think one of the big things that I'm just living this week, um, what I'm what I'm reminded of. I mean, I don't know how re- revolutionary this is, um, but let me just remind those that are listening out there. There is a God that still parts Red Seas, and I have been in multiple situations. Was in one last week. Was in one this week where it seemed as if there was no way round or no way through. And a couple of nights ago, it was last week, I can't sleep. I couldn't sleep. And um, I spent, you know, those, those, those early hours, like one to, you know, four, something like that, where you wake up and you're like, if I go to sleep right now, I'll get two hours of sleep. I kept doing that. And the Lord was like, um, I have, you're not going to go back to sleep because I woke you up. And I want you to, I want you to ask me for what's on your heart. I spent the next two or three hours pouring out my heart before the Lord and saying, I can't do this. I don't have the power to do this. This is out of my control. I have to have you come through in my life. Or what you told me you were going to do is not going to happen. And I kind of, I think when the Lord, when the Lord that night, uh, you know, when, when, when I was done, I fell asleep and I woke up, you know, time to get my kids out uh, to school or whatever. And two days later, I got the craziest text message ever. Um, It was a literal parting of the Red Sea in the situation that I was praying for. And um, I want you guys to know um, he still does that. Um, I think us going before the Lord and saying, this is not my problem. 
This is your problem. <laughs> you have got to figure this out. You know I don't have the power to do this. So you've got to come through and then stop talking and wait. Um, he comes through because he loves to prove himself to, to his kids. So I would, I would just remind, I feel like that's a word for someone. I would remind, um, whoever's out there that is, is thinking, man, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to provide? How am I going to pay the bill? How am I going to give my kids Christmas or whatever it is? Um, he still parts the Red Sea. There's a Red Sea that he still will part for you. Oh, I love it. Oh, that is so good. Let us know if that was you, people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, me too. You guys have to tell me. Yes, I love it. Okay, so here's, we love the stuff you're putting out into the world. You are clearly following God's calling and people are benefiting. So thank you for that. But we want to know what's next. What you got going on? What you working on? Um, we, we're going to have a big year next year. We are, our, first of all, our podcast is growing like crazy and it was, we just hit 400,000 downloads, which is a lot for such a small, uh, short time that we've been doing it. We're really, really proud of that. Um, so we'll continue to do that. We, I've got another book on the horizon. It's going to be very different from everything that, um, that I've done so far, which, which I love. Um, and it'll be very in your face, a lot like gangster prayer. Very in your face. I love, that's my vibe. Um, so we're going to do that. We're also going to put out a couple of eBooks that are coming up in the, in the coming weeks. And I also have one thing that we'll announce, but I'm not ready to announce it yet. <laughs> Everyone needs to go follow Autumn so they can find out. Yes. Follow yes. her on yes. Instagram, your website. Yes. We're going to link it all. For new website. We did. Oh, yeah. So what if you can give us your handles for the people who are driving? We'll link it all. But what are they? Maybe they'll remember audibly. It's all Autumn Miles. Um, but I think I don't think we have any fake accounts out right now. We've 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 we'll really let you know. here. <laughs> there are so many. Um, it's Autumn Miles. Just um, no space. On Instagram, I think it's just type my name in Facebook. I'll pop up, and then autumnmiles.com. If Perfect. you go and there's only like 37 followers, it's, it's not her. probably not her account. <laughs> yes, I don't struggle with this. I don't understand. It's You've hard. been all oh, the fake pages. The internet. You must be doing something right. Yeah, they want to be Autumn Miles. <laughs> I want to be Autumn Miles. Is it yeah, no, no, they want people's money is what they want. And that's, ugh, anyway, that's a whole nother thing. Uh, not me. All right, Autumn, do you mind praying us out? And then we will let you go. Yes. Lord, we love you. Lord, we trust you. God, we trust you. We trust you with our families, with our children with our lives, with our futures. God, I, I thank you for that word for someone today um, that is staring at the, the sea in front of them and saying, I have no idea how I'm going to make it. And God, I just pray that um, that person would hear the sound of my voice and this would be their sign that you're going to come through. I pray, Lord God, that you would infuse them with courage, infuse them with faith. I pray, Lord God, that you would do a work in their lives that would be legendary. They can pass down to their children, their children's children. Lord, um, I pray for that person that you would just um, 
and fuse them with comfort. And God, I pray for Witty Gritty Podcast. I love the name of this podcast, Lord. I pray for um, these precious girls as they follow in their calling and reach so many people for your glory. Lord, it is not a small thing to stand up for the name of Christ in today's day and age. And God, I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would bless them indeed, enrich their territory, lengthen the cords of their tent, that they would be able to stretch them wide in Jesus' name. God, um, we ask you to bless this, this podcast for your name. And um, I thank you, Lord. I thank you that you've heard us, that you're listening to us, and that you will act based upon our request. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As always, Autumn, it's always a joy to have you on the show. Yes, thank Thank you. Bye. We're really good at segues. (laughs) And sound effects, right. Yes, so that's the end of our episode. But if you find yourself wanting more and who could blame you Brooke <laughs> tell them where they can find us we, Monday through Friday we have a lovely website it's wittyandgritty.blog you can go there it has every mini series ever we've done what about the socials Baron? yes we are on Instagram and Facebook primarily but we yeah. do also have um, a Pinterest account so be sure to follow us on your favorite social platform yeah oh also fun fact we release episodes every Wednesday so you can count on us be sure to subscribe that way you don't have to go and find it every week yeah it'll just automatically do the magic computery thingy thank you technology go technologies and Uh, instagrams yes all right we'll catch you next week guys bye this episode is brought to you by 21 kicks journals the journals you'll actually finish research shows that actively doing something for 21 days in a row will change your brain our uniquely designed 21 day journals will grow you on a deeper level help you increase your odds of achieving your goals, and not to mention, they're fun and beautifully designed. Head to the 21 Kicks Etsy shop today to explore your journaling options. We'll link it in the show notes.